When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm Kelsey Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for 30% off. It's Thursday. We usually don't do pods on Thursday, but we're doing one today. Uh, it's it's because mostly because Taylor refuses to face the music on Josh Giddy. He still is just yep. holding, holding on to the fact that he's not good. He thinks he's not good. So he decided to quit the pod. And, you know, L-Man is just doing L-Man things. L-Man's just trying to rule the world right now. So I've got Jay. Part of it is we're the only ones that have flexibility, really, <laughs> that's, is what that's, it is. That's honestly, that's the honest truth. Um, <laughs> and so we, we can't do tomorrow morning. And so the option was now or no fry pod. And so... This is what we're doing, and uh, which is good because nothing's really going to change on the thunder front, from what I can tell. You know, maybe a knock no. on the wood. Um, They're off but today. yeah, exactly. There shouldn't be anything that happens between now and tomorrow morning that's going to change it. And on top of that, is we get to give as fresh of responses as we can to. I don't know. Maybe the best win in the history of the franchise. <laughs> I'll just say it. <laughs> At least in the last four games, man. It was really a fun game. It it started out as just pure misery. Because well, it was funny. So I'm I literally so I I had obligations until about seven thirty. Yeah, last night. And so at seven thirty, I get out and I check my phone because I I listened to the Wednesday pod and the whole time I'm like, you know, dang man, Andrew and Alex are pretty confident that the Thunder are going to win this. And I pull it up and they're down by like twenty six. And I'm like, <laughs> so I literally screenshot the score and send it to to the group text and yeah. say. Well done, guys. This is your <laughs> responsibility. And so uh, it ended up being something where, uh, you know, I think they tied the largest comeback in the franchise history down 26. Yep. yep. Uh, and right. just the second half was uh, incredible. And really even kind of late in the second quarter where the stump, the comeback started, it was so much fun uh, watching that. So, Andrew, I want to hear a little bit. So, Andrew, in, in case you haven't been able to notice, is Andrew is down in that kind of front press row. Uh, technically, right behind Michael Cage is what I got right clarification on. Yesterday. Got a great view of Cage's head the whole time. Yeah. A lot of shoulder rubs just in yeah. those timeouts and different <laughs> right. things like that. But but um, so tell me, how does the arena feel? And I know a lot of our listeners have probably been to the game last night as well. But how does the arena feel? Last night was great. Especially whenever there's moments where the Thunder are gaining momentum, the crowd is super into it. Even though there's a lot of Lakers fans, there were a lot of Warriors fans the other night, but it's still a vast majority of Thunder fans. And it gets loud like it used to. And it's just nice to like have that, like feel that vibe again. Because being in the empty arena all season last year was just it was kind of depressing because like, even if they're going on this run, like you can hear the, the bench cheering, you know, like that's the only cheering that you get. 
because everybody else in there is like working, and so you can't you can't exactly cheer for them as they're going right. on this run. But the roar of the crowd was back, and it was really really fun, man. It was great. Yeah, and it was you could feel that through the uh, you know watching it through Bally Sports, which it actually worked all night last night, which I appreciate and wow. thankful for. Apparently, uh, apparently, there's no they don't have anything inside. It's like a truck outside. Yeah, and something happened. That they're broadcasting from. And I I have an inside source that said when Valley Sports came on, uh, he said that when he got the equipment from Valley compared to what they had before from Fox, he's like, this equipment looks like it's from the 80s. It's the (laughs) least surprising thing that could possibly it's Ugh. such a letdown. Like, I don't want to get on that soapbox too much. I know y'all kind of jokingly mentioned it yesterday in the pod, but it's enraging. The yeah. NBA should have uh, it's at some point they're going to renegotiate these local contracts. Yeah. And the best thing that could happen for Thunder fans is if one of the major networks jumped in. Uh, I yeah. know on I think Portland, there's a few other few other markets where NBC Sports has the rights for the Thunder. That would be awesome. Ever since Fox Sports or ESPN, like if ESPN created some sort of network to carry a lot more of that. I don't know. The NBA is just too good to have such bad local content, yep. uh, in my opinion. So either way, a lot of fun last night. Um, the minutes, it is kind of intriguing. And, and you and Alex did mention it as well, is there is no set lineup, nor will there be any sort of set rotation as we move forward. Did you hear what Mark said last season. night? I didn't. What did he say? So pregame, I can't remember who it was. Somebody was asking him about like the rotation and Isaiah Roby or something pregame. And he was like, listen, there is no rotation. Like Mark's, like Mark just straight up said it last night. Like there is there is no rotation, which I was like, thank you. Like that's Mark has been tremendous with just communicating. And like he really tries to answer your question, like to the best of his ability. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Did you hear his answer about Trey Mann? Huh? So this was, I didn't get to listen to any post game interviews. This was awesome. So this was pregame. I was just asking him, like, do you go into the game knowing who you're going to play like big minutes? Cause like you played Poku, 18 minutes in the last game, you played him six in the game before. Like, was that planned or is that just you like reading the game and feeling the game? And his answer was like, it's kind of both. He said, I know who I want to play, but he said, if they're doing the right things, then I'm going to play him. And so then I followed up like, okay, so like, what is you, what do you need from Trey Mann to play him more than nine minutes a game? Cause that's kind of what he's been getting. And I think he even played less than that last night. Uh, and he said he needs him yeah, to play five, five. Yeah. He said he needs him to play on the defensive end. And he said that he's like, he said, I'm trying to teach the players to eat their broccoli before their Skittles. And he's like, Trey Mann's offense is like his Skittles. Like he can, he can get to whatever spot he wants. He can, you know, hit all kinds of crazy shots, but he's like, if I would just let him go out there and skate around and not worry about the defensive end or worry about the things that I want him to do. He's like, I'm setting him up, you know, to not have, to not even have a great career. He's like, he needs to eat his broccoli first, which is playing defense, That's brilliant. making the right reads, doing all that stuff. So he's, he also said Skittles, this is a direct quote from, from him. Skittles is a very relatable candy. And I just thought that was a hilarious line. <laughs> It's like, why do you, somebody asked him, why did you pick Skittles? And he said, well, Skittles is a very relatable candy. 
it is. Everybody knows about Skittles. Everybody's aware. So let me ask you a question. So do you think that fits into the reason that Poku Poku played seven minutes? Yeah. Uh, played substantially better against the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still such a raw project. And I think yeah. one of the things that's happened for Thunder fans is Giddy's emergence in, gosh, what, four, five games and how good and solid he has looked has made it to where a lot of us have kind of allowed Poku to just kind of, oh, yeah, he's a project. That's fine. We're not expecting much from him this year. He can just kind of play four minutes occasionally. He'll probably get some G, G League or, uh, yeah, G League time. Yeah. Um, and so, but is is that kind of the same stuff that you're hearing him talk about when it comes to Poku in the sense of like, um, I mean, there's a few places, especially in the Sixers, where it was like just like he was nailed to the floor mm-hmm. as guys got past him in kind of crucial moments. And I think maybe in the same way is is for us is we're just like, let Poku play. And if he makes mistakes, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And Dagnall is trying to make it to where not only can Poku develop for a person here in in this franchise, but if he has any desire to kind of make it work for the rest of his career, he has to start working on on the broccoli part of his game as well. Uh, do you think that's that's the same kind of conversation? No question. He's got to eat his broccoli too, man. That's I, th- I think that's the case with everybody. And I think that's why you see Josh play because Josh has been pretty good. He's had some really nice defensive moments. He's had some lapses here and there. But like, overall, Josh Giddy is a helpful NBA player Like when he's yeah. in the game. He affects the game at a high level. Poku just I haven't doesn't, gotten doesn't to it yet. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I just started listening to Sam Vecini and Matt Penny's uh, conversation about the rookie so far, and I know they've oh, got yeah. at least a part of a segment on on Giddy. I want to hear what they're saying. You yeah. can hear it though. Um, I mean, Rusillo mentioned it. Ryan Rusillo mentioned it last night on Twitter about how unique it was that in the most maybe crunch clutch time of the game, mm-hmm. the play they went to, which I don't know if this was the actual drawn up play, was the Giddy to Derek Favors pick and roll. It was the drawn um, up play. It was. Yeah. And that, which is yeah. wild because Shea was out of his mind last yeah. night, but you knew like they were throwing everybody at Shea. And so putting the ball in Giddy's hands with the game on the line was huge. They did it again. Uh, has he inbounded the ball? And that did not work out quite as well when he threw it directly to Car- Carmelo Anthony in, <laughs> in, in rhythm for the three point shot. Yeah. But Giddy has been fantastic, man. He has been everything that I hope for in, in a, the six pick. And more. Uh, yeah. I'm really excited about what he's going to develop into. There were certain plays like a couple. He just can find guys. He's not yeah. as flashy as Lamelo. Like I understand that. Like he's not. He hasn't done all the ludicrous plays that he Lamello doesn't do the home, does. he doesn't do the home run stuff that yep. Lamelo does. Where it's like a 50-50 ball at times. You know, like he doesn't. He, yeah, he doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah. But he makes just really solid uh, passes. That Kenrich and, pass. Yep. Where he just yep, yep, yep. rifled it. And he, yep. so Giddy basically talked at post game about everything that you're talking about. Like he admitted, like, man, he's like, I threw the ball to the exact wrong person in Mellow. He's like, I was just, he said, I was, he said he was just like horrified that he had done that. <laughs> you know, he's like, I can't believe it landed in his hands. Uh, and then Mellow post game said that he, you know, didn't, you know, it didn't like click in his head that like he had like another second to like set up. Yeah, it felt rushed. Yeah. Um, and then he said, so with Kenrich, that Kenrich play, he said he, before the, before that possession, he said he went to Kenrich and said, just cut and I'm going to, I'll find you. Like, just go and I will find you. 
And he said he's learning. He's like, he's figuring out how players like to receive the ball and when they like to. And he's like, I'm just like, he's basically like quarterbacking this team when he's out mm-hmm. there. He said, Kenrich, like, you just go. And he's like, I'm going to get you. And he's just like, that that pass, like, if you haven't gone to at least rewatch it, you need to go rewatch it because it's a spectacular pass that, like, Honestly, very few Thunder players in the history of the Thunder could make. Yeah. You know, like it's probably Russ and then it's probably Giddy. And Giddy, the thing that Giddy does better um, than Russ is like he's always just like right in the pocket. Like it's always like delivered just right yeah. where it needs to be. Yep. And, and where Russ had his moments where he was really grooving with his passing, but there were times where he's throwing the ball at, you know, Corey Brewer's ankles. Um, right, which is where you have to throw it with Corey Brewer. <laughs> That's right. He's nothing. The he's the backwards nothing, man. Yeah, nothing traditional works for Corey Brewer. Who's Talk 69 says it, and I, I agree with him in, in part. And it's hard, as I don't know if that was drawn up or if it's just an assumption on. So if you if you rewatch that last play where Melo gets the ball, is is Kinrich is cutting back to the ball, um, and he slips. But as before he slips, he begins to kind of break out uh, or to kind of the right side of the court if you're facing towards Giddy. when Giddy threw it with the anticipation that he was going to cut to the left. And so I don't know if that's just a miscommunication, um, a lack of kind of connection between the two of them. I'm not 100 percent sure what it is, but it definitely feels like one of those things where Kenrich slipping was part of it. But they just, yeah. you know, he went right when when Giddy went left. And so and it's it hard rushed, to give that all to and- Giddy, but. It was Giddy, Giddy should have called, a, he should have called timeout is really what it should have come down to. Like if, yeah. if he's not getting it in, like he should have just called timeout and they try again. Yeah. And you could feel, I mean, I don't know what it was like in the arena, but definitely on, on TV is it, it, you could feel this real, and let me clarify NBA players always want to win, mm-hmm. always want to win, mm-hmm. but there was a special importance to pulling that game off last night. I think no Dagnall really, you could tell, wanted to to get that win. Not just because oh, yeah. it's the Lakers, but just because it's kind of the reward for the correct way of playing. Yep. And you've seen the way they played against Houston, which was just a disaster. And then to come back and play Philly, even the Warriors, and then to play uh, – the Lakers last night so well is it's just like it would the moral victories are cool for for the Twitter verse. But in reality, is those guys to play as hard as they did and as well as they did as clean of a game as they did uh, mm-hmm. getting that win was a huge deal. And so the pressure, you could feel it rising up oh, uh, in the team, yeah. especially. And then you throw a 19 year old kid who's 19 by like two weeks. You throw him out there and have this inbound play, which he's somebody eventually there's nobody I would trust more with the ball yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Uh, but being being this early in his career and what would be probably the biggest moment of his NBA career, honestly, uh, is just a lot to ask him to do. But and it worked out that Thunder got a win. They ended up winning one twenty three to one fifteen. Uh, just unbelievable. You and Alex called it yesterday and it was really fun to watch that develop. And the whole time I'm like, I'm going to text or tweet something about you two calling it. And I'm like, don't say anything until it's over. Don't do do it. not say anything until do it's it, over. Um, Mello almost what do you think about three. Let me ask you a question about maybe the moment that is not really part of the game, but kind of part of the game. Mm-hmm. So at the very end of the game, Baisley gets the steal, goes yeah. down, dunks, and Russ apparently was not a fan of it yeah. uh, and used it as kind of a coaching moment, right? And in my sure. mind, is that's Russ trying to be like the, don't do that. Um, that's not how you're supposed to respond. Do you have any thoughts on something like that? 
I just think that it's if it were anybody else besides Russell, I would, you know, say that's fine. But you think Russell Westbrook in front of his home crowd isn't going to steal the ball and go dunk it? Like, give me a freaking break, dude. Like, give me a break. The only reason he was mad is was is because they lost. And right. Like that's and and Basley probably did the wrong thing, but he had so much momentum. Like he had to run pretty fast to go get that ball. He had so much momentum. He could have dribbled it out. He probably should have. It's the unwritten rule, whatever. I say this is your first win. You're a young team and you're beating this like old Lakers team. Go go smash it. Like I don't care. And Russell, you think a 21-year-old Russell Westbrook isn't going to steal the ball and go dunk it? Like, give me a break, Russ. Like, that's garbage. Like, that is ridiculous to me that of anybody. Like, if it were LeBron, like, LeBron maybe doesn't go dunk that. If LeBron, like, took him aside, I was like, hey, man, like, you shouldn't have done that, you know? From one clutch guy to another, don't do that next time. You know, but for Russ to lose his cool about it, it's like, dude, like, it's just, like, such a Russ moment. Well, and if you remember, like, just kind of as a reflection of how LeBron will handle it differently, a few games previously when they're playing the Suns, uh, I guess it was earlier in the season, and Cameron Payne is, I don't know, apparently strutting and, you know, acting like he did everything. And LeBron is from the sidelines like, hey, just a year ago, you were sitting at your house. Yeah. Uh, stay humble. Stay humble, you know. And LeBron has that. I think Russ has that in a lot of ways, um, especially being he's the face of the franchise. Like, yeah. Um, there's, there will be no player, you know, from that first era that, that has as much gravity, uh, as he does or has much, you know, significance in the franchise. And so I get it, but it definitely was way more. And Hoops Talk 69 said this as well. He says it's, is he was just embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And I would say more than embarrassed. He was just angry. Um, that's a bad loss. Like that's not a good loss. Uh, it's, 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 it's all over sports center. And the fact, the fact is that like he doubled down, like the first note ESPN notification that I got after the game was Westbrook gets tossed after Darius Baisley throws down a dunk. (laughs) That's that's the first notification I get. It's like, bro, like help yourself out a little bit, you know, just like let it go. But the fact that he doubled down on like how much he thought it was wrong and I'm sure Lakers fans stand with him and that's, and it's part of like why you love Russ as a fan is that these moments like that, it's annoying on the other side, but when you are a fan of him and you see him like, like, go after somebody because they did something they shouldn't have done. Like you probably like, yeah, like he's so justified in what he did. But, but when you understand like Russ's career and like Russ has done stuff like that so many times, so many times. I mean, the dude freaking blocked a half court shot from a mascot one time, just, you know, so that the Denver fans couldn't have like a cheesy gordita crunch or something. So I get like, just give me a break on that. Right. Yeah. And he's the guy that, he always seemed to care about it as much as you as fans did, right? Yeah. So that's why you kind of always appreciated him. Because you do have some guys, like, in, especially in the games that are kind of throwaway games where they don't feel like they really care as much as you do, and it doesn't make sense. And so Russ was always – that's why my dad loved Russ. Because, yeah. like, ride or die, Russ was going to, you know, go out there and be as competitive in, in a random game in February yep. uh, as he as he would be in a playoff game sometimes, you know? And so it is what it is. It's just one of those moments I thought was at least, you know, you know, worth noting. Um, 
so, but I don't know. There's a lot, there's too many good things about the Thunder in order to, that I'm not going to harp too much on that. So just looking through the box score, uh, I thought Baisley was actually really, really good last night. Um, I do good. think he's, I think he's turning a corner and some of the things that he's doing, but the difference maker for last night is he was four of eight from the three point line, like him hitting 50% of his threes, which is not going to happen with regularity, but right. him shooting that ball with confidence. Uh, but the thing that's been the most impressive, cause I've probably been a little bit more on the positive about Baisley this year um, than maybe some of the general kind of feels about him. And I know that Alex kind of mentioned this a little bit as well uh, is I do think he's, working to finish more aggressive uh, than he ever has in his career. Mm-hmm. And and that's a big deal. I don't love the hero ball that he kind of started the season with. But in the last few games, as they've all figured out a little bit about what they're going to be, I think Baisley has found a pretty decent role. If he can yeah. shoot, it changes everything. He cut uh, out the hero ball stuff last night, though. Yeah. Like that's that's there weren't possessions where he the, the thing that killed me is when he get the ball and he'd stop and he'd be like, all right my turn you know last night it was he moved it quick he he had a couple passes that were you know he'll be credited with a potential assist on at least two that I remember but he was passing the ball really well last night he was moving it quick he wasn't stopping to try to get his own like thinking he was Paul George or something like that right that's that that's the stuff that just kills me where it's just like dude that is not you yeah you're that's not just that not that's not you so Last night, I thought it was like the perfect Baisley game where, you know, Mark put him in late and he needed to be in there because he's he's one of the only like long rangy athletes on the team. And you need those kind of guys in the NBA. You do. But whenever he plays iso ball, when he doesn't share the ball, when he's not making quick decisions, it's like he doesn't need to be out there at all. Like that, I don't. I, that's why he didn't play much in the last game. Yep. And because he did the opposite, that's why he played a ton against the Lakers. I thought he had a really nice game. He, you know, Mark said he course corrected. Yeah, he absolutely course. It's because he started eating his broccoli, man. Ate his broccoli. Eat your broccoli, broccoli. boys. Come on, baby. So, uh, but dude, but I we got to talk. Shea. Really we got to talk. Shea. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Let's transition to the fact that Shea Gill, especially in the third quarter. Yeah, it was. Let me read you his third quarter stats. These are just his third quarter stats: seventeen points, two boards, three assists, four of six from three in the third quarter, and one big fat shrug. And he is that after he hit the. Did you see, have you seen the photo? The there, a, a guy uh, at the Oklahoman. Oh, I gotta put it up here on the stream, Jamon. That's awesome. It, it was the just the photo itself was just so so good. So let me tell um, you, kind of my as you look for that that photo. Let me just tell you a little bit about my evolution with Shea this year. Is the first few games I was like, man, this is going to be a brutal uh, <laughs> season for Shea. <laughs> like he has no space. He he's just he's forcing everything, and he was even acknowledging a lot of that in post game interviews and conversations. But the last three games, oh my gosh, isn't that that just picture is awesome. I'm sure you've seen uh, it. And if you're on our YouTube, go to youtube.com, search down to dunk, click subscribe. You can watch us on YouTube. But if you're on the stream, like you can see this picture. It's just, it almost looks posed. You know, it's just. It does. That's hilarious. awesome. It's so good. And I could, he ran just like right by me doing it. And I'm like, it looked like, it looked like the MJ shrug. It was yeah. hilarious. So they, it's, it's one of those things where you watch it against Philly, which Philly, 
you know, put Matisse Thibel and then Shea just took him to task, which was yep. amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then against the Warriors, the Warriors aren't really good perimeter defenders. Like they're, that's just not who they're going to be. They're going to outscore no. you most every single night. So it, yeah. it was still impressive, but it was not, you know, like one of those things. But last night, in order to be able to just take over the game mm-hmm. um, and literally will this team to a win, Shea is, in, in my mind, he's a superstar. He's a superstar. Yeah. I think the the whole entire purpose of this season is to pair a third because I'm going to be honest with you as well as I'm not ready to call him a superstar, but I think Giddy is special. Um, yeah. And I'll call it he's like special. five games into his rookie year, man. He is special for 19. If he's going to develop physically the way that every other human being that's ever gone from 19 to 20 and 20 to 25 kind of thing. Yep. I just think Giddy's going to be really, really special. Uh, so and, and, here's, is, and here's and here's the reason why they need to hit on this next draft pick. Because if you can get your second best player or even your best player in this next draft, and Giddy is your third best player, oh yeah, you you're re- set. Like you you really have something. Yep. Like you really, really yep. have something. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, and I think that the thing is, is we're flying high today. They beat the Lakers. I still think, and and I think you're absolutely right, they're a 20 to 25 win team, uh, Mm -hmm. 22, 23, 21, somewhere around there. I think that's absolutely where they'll land, and I think that's absolutely where they need to be. Give themselves the best shot that they can to get in that top five. Uh, really top one or two would be really awesome. I'm not yeah. a super Holmgren, a Chet fan just because he's so tiny, but, uh, or so skinny, but, but getting just kind of that third piece, which could, you know, like you're right, could be your first, could be your second or third best guy. But I have a ton of confidence, uh, with Shea. And if you can get a big that's really good that can stretch the floor, um, I just think you're going to be, will be shocked and it feels and I know they're trying to replicate this. And so they're practicing the old Thunder facility and doing all those things. There are moments in last night's game, even the Philly and the Warriors game, where it definitely feels 
uh, a little bit more kind of that vibe that that was there in the early days of the thunder. But I do want to say one thing. Uh, the conversation about um, they're going to move this team because nobody's going to come to the games and nobody's wow. going to care and support it. Can we just kill that whole entire conversation? It's got to be done. It's got to be done. You watch last night, and here's the deal. I know that the Lakers fans probably filled up half of the arena, and there will be games where the Thunder don't draw a crowd. Um, but after the Warriors game, or was it the Sixers game? Sorry, they were both a little blurry in my mind. But the fan base stayed afterward and did that standing ovation, applaud their effort. Yeah, was so Warriors, it was a Warriors yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And then last night, they were absolutely on fire for the mm-hmm. Thunder at the end of the game. And so this idea that the the fan base, and I'll be honest with you, like in, in moments where I wasn't thinking clearly, uh, I thought that the Thunder would struggle in the midst of a tank. And, and there will be ups and downs, I think, over the course of this. There will be struggles. There will absolutely be struggles. But you know, this that, city... That this fan base, at least five games in, three home games, appears to be strong enough that we recognize the effort and will applaud this team as long as they're moving forward in a direction yeah. that makes sense. And what you don't want to be is the Kings where you haven't been in the playoffs, what did you say, 16 years? Mm-hmm. You know, and so there's a majority of Thunder fans uh, recognize what's going on and can applaud the fact that regardless of the outcome is the brand of basketball that was played in the last three games is really enjoyable to watch and support. So that whole entire conversation needs to just die. Yeah. Um, Well, and people need to realize that, you know, like go look at and see how many coaches the Kings have had. Go look and see how many general managers the Kings have had. Like, go go look at those things. There's no stability I think one of the biggest competitive advantages that teams can have is having a stable owner and a stable general manager and a general manager that has vision. And like if Sam has anything, he's got vision. <laughs> like that's like in spades, he's got vision. So just, it's just, you're trying to compare them to the Kings or the Timberwolves or like whoever else you want to compare them to. Even the Magic who've had cycled through coaches and had to cycle through um, general managers too. Like the Thunder, this the whole time they've had one president of basketball ops, one, and they've had three coaches or four coaches is all they've had in the in this whole span. And like PJ was like barely here, yeah. And so like you can you can like if you don't want to count him, fine. Because and I know you, I know you it, can't project three. Yeah, I know you can't project this, but everything about Dagnalt, it just excites me about his future. He's great, man. Uh, I I like him as a guy. I like him as a coach. He is he is like very humble himself. Somebody asked him last night. I think it was Myron Patton asked him after the game about how like you're in a huddle. You're down twenty six. You're telling the guys you know what to do and that they can get back in this or whatever. He's like, do the do the guys believe you when you when you talk? And he was like, man, he's like, I don't think these guys ever believe me, to be honest. <laughs> you know, he's like, but he's like, here are the things that I continue to preach to them. And what's funny is that like, they are using Mark lingo all the time. Like Shay in particular yeah. is using like the stuff that Mark is preaching to him all the time. And like anybody that wants to think that like Shay is unhappy or Shay doesn't like this or why Just would Shea ever want to do this? Look at the shrug picture. I I see him bebopping down the hallway, you know, like 
even after being 0 and 3, you know, or 0 and 4, mm-hmm. like, he just he's he is he is not upset with what the team's doing. He's not upset. He wants to be a leader and understands that he has a chance to be a part of something special down the road. Yeah. And so he's not man, like we're losing. Like he he's got the the same vision that the franchise has. Like he's got it too. So the people that say that are projecting their own feelings about right. how they would feel if they were Shay, but they don't bother to listen to Shay talk after or before the game. They don't bother to watch the Thunder. They don't bother to do any of that. They just are projecting their own stuff out there saying right. that, you know, he should feel this way. Well, he doesn't feel that way. He doesn't. Yeah, and part of it is I think Oklahoma City fans just historically have an inferiority complex. Uh, and I think it's really people yeah. that live in the city. It's where we always we always feel like we don't measure up. And I think part of that also comes from the fact that the way we got our franchise, uh, you know, a, a lot of people really, really kind of started out their conversation about the Oklahoma City Thunder from a negative lens. Right. Like I still I still hold a grudge against Bill Simmons because he used to call us the zombie Sonics. Right. Like and used to, yep. you know, there's one of the Neil Everett on uh Sports Center, who's from Seattle as well, like he would always have a little dig every time he had talked about the Thunder. And so yeah. I think that's part of it as well is like we get really defensive. We get really nervous when things aren't, you know, it's like we have to be competing for a championship forever and ever or nobody will want to ever be here. And it's just not the reality. I think the thing that Clay Bennett and Aubrey McClendon and the ownership team did, uh, you know, 13 years ago or however long it was, 14 years ago, is they hired Sam Presti. And he was a guy that recognized that there's going to be challenges building a team in Oklahoma City. But if you do things the right way, you're going to have a high chance for success as you grow as a team and a franchise. And so we're seeing it play out. And Shea's happy and he's he's excelling. Like, I think after the first few games, we're all a little bit honest to say, like, oh, if this is what this whole season is going to be like, I don't know if I would want to stay and play. But to be able to see these last three games where they figured some things out against pretty decent opponents, right? Like, that's three probably playoff teams. Um, you know, I don't know it was at home, but they played well against three teams that are pretty good competition. And so you're going to see them win some games like that, like they shouldn't have against the Lakers. You're going to see them lose some games where it does just seem to all fall apart. But in the midst of it, I think what I'm noticing more and more is it's going to be a lot of fun just watching these guys develop. And then and they're enjoying it as well. You know, it may not always oh, yeah. be that way in hard nights, but it seems like the team is also enjoying it. Yeah, they're gonna. There's going to be good stretches and bad stretches, and they're they're going to lose a lot of games, and that's okay. That's a part of the plan here. Uh, all right, let's go to some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Our first question comes from at kind of Scottish. He says, "Is Josh Giddy the Rookie of the Year or the MVP?" <laughs> I think it's going to be hard to this rookie class is is really proving to be everything that that a lot of people had thought about it. Um, yeah. Evan Mobley has been Evan's really, really good. Really good. Uh, Jalen Green has has been up and down, which is what we kind of thought he'd be. But you know what, he hit eight three pointers the other night in a game, set the rookie record for Houston. Um, I think that there's just a lot of guy. I don't think Suggs is going to be that competitive. Scotty Barnes is somebody I didn't even mention. He's been Barnes maybe the really best good. rookie of the year so far. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even seen Cade, Cade play. Played. Cade yeah. may play Saturday. Man, that'd be saying? great for 
If I was yeah. a Pistons fan, I'd be pretty excited. Yeah. So, but Giddy's been fantastic, and uh, he'll make it. I think he makes an All Rookie team, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's first or second. I think he definitely makes an All Rookie team. So, what other guys have you noticed out there that are? Uh, yeah, Chris Duarte, a grape ape, mentioned in the comments. Yeah, Duarte's uh, probably been the best rookie. I would because he's he's twenty six years old. <laughs> he's very old. He's a very and old he's man. He's playing like legit minutes. They're like, oh, this is cool. We've got a legit he, rotation guy. By he, the way, he, he plays a ton. This is stupid. This is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> Miles Turner has fallen out of the rotation in Indiana. Yeah. Rick Carlisle, best coach ever, man. You know, I'm just saying, I just threw that out there with no connection to the Oklahoma City Thunder, but this is why is I weird. am. It is weird. Jalen Green has had moments. Uh, Franz Wagner has been the, the yep. best. Orlando Magic rookie so far. Uh, I wouldn't say that's going to continue. Um, but yeah, I mean, Davion has played well for for the Kings. Um, and honestly, like, JRE has been one of the better rookies in this class so far. Yeah, and they've been awesome. JRE was fantastic against the Warriors. I think I'm going to call, I, I want to call, I don't know J-Rob, what to call J-Rob. Him I don't know if that's right. I just don't know if I feel right about that. I don't, nothing just feels call right him Jeremiah or Jerry. Jeremiah. Yeah. We've talked about Jerry, J R E. It's just, they're just, nothing feels right yet. So just, if you guys will just leave me alone about it for a while, I really appreciate that. <laughs> um, but he's been good. Uh, Shangun's been good as well for Houston. He's not like world you know, beater or anything. Yeah. He's like eight and four to assist right now. He That's, didn't, he wasn't great against the thunder, which I kind of liked. He did have a really awesome block, but yeah. Yeah. No, he was not great against OKC. So that makes you feel a little bit better yeah. inside your heart. <laughs> so, but I yeah, Kate will, some, uh, Kate will be up there and Aaron Wiggins, Jalen man. Green will be. So, uh, all right. I've got 10 minutes left, Jay. All right, let's go. I've got to hop to a meeting. Um, lots of people asking about Josh Giddy. Thanks for the Giddy questions. Uh, Midnight Ross wants to know, is Darius Baisley our new Jeremy Grant? I remember the is Jeremy Grant good segments. Will he turn a corner like Grant did? I hope so. Me too. Hope no so. way to predict that, but I hope so. I think it's all about what, what Baisley brings attitude-wise. Um, if he brings yeah. a real humility and willingness to do what he needs to do to develop, I think he absolutely could be like Grant. I think that's not yeah. out of the question at all. He was super-duper weird before the game. I wasn't there. Um, honestly, a little glad I wasn't there. But, um, you know, I was talking to the people that were in the presser before he before the game. And, like, he was just, like, super pissed. Like, And maybe it was, like, trying to be focused before the game or, like, mad about how he played or I don't know what it was. But he was, like, giving, like, very short answers, like, barely talked and, like, got out of there as quick as he could kind of thing. You know, it's just funny because like, you watch him on social media and like he's like has like the whole chef bays thing where he like wears a chef costume yeah. and everything. But then like the personality with the, the media is like just not there. Just he's whatsoever. definitely one of the more unique personalities uh, that I remember around the Thunder. Yeah. Uh, Panicked Waddle wants to know if the Thunder are competitive, a competitive playoff team in three years, how many guys on the current roster are in the playoff rotation? That's a great question. Favors Shea, isn't. Dort, Giddy. <laughs> Favors is out. Shea, Dort, Giddy. Man, I think the biggest question Jeremiah is, Robinson Earl. 
J-R-E, J-Rob, Jerry. What does he want to be called? I need to ask him. Yeah. Everybody calls him J-Rob around the team. So that would, that would be my guess, but I need to ask him what so, he wants to be called. I think the biggest question for me is what does Kenrich look like going forward? Oh, yeah, Kenrich. Kenrich. Uh, to me, don't trade Kenrich because the minute you trade Kenrich, in two years you're going to be looking for Kenrich. Well, and the other thing for me is that even if he doesn't play super well, even if he's not playing the minutes – he very much feels like the heart and soul of this team. Uh, Dude, the good. hard work, the grind, all of those things. And, and he is good. He, you know, like he was playing defense on Anthony Davis and trying his hardest to, you know, get this giant, which he's, I always forget how big Anthony Davis is. Uh, but he's, he's got massive. four inches on Baisley. It's crazy. He's huge. Amy was watching, Amy was watching the game last <clears throat> night and was texting me during it. And she was like, these Lakers guys are giant yeah, compared huge, to the Thunder. Huge. And so, yeah. so, but I do think Kenrich is a part of that. I think Ty Jerome's gone. Um, yeah, I don't I just know think that he, he makes the rotation. Even he did get a lot here. of time last night, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, he didn't shoot very well, but he ended up getting 14 minutes, which is not a lot, but it is something. Yeah. Um, I think Poku is part of that. Uh, what that is, I have no idea. Um, I don't yeah, know what Poku's, they're going to do with Roby. Poku's TBD. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Roby's not going to be a part of the rotation. Yeah. So you're looking at Baisley, Dort, Shea, Giddy. Did you say Baisley or no? I'm no on Baisley. Yeah. Right. GRE, for sure. Jerry, Ken, Jeremiah. And Kenrich. <laughs> yeah. Those are my that's that's Trey what man. I think that's on the team now. TBD I'm pretty high. I'm man. pretty high on Trey Man, man. Dude's just gotta eat his uh broccoli. Eat your broccoli, Trey, before we can decide anything like that. Uh okay. Zach Deeg wants to know. Presty calls the fry pod and says, I'm ready to eat one marshmallow instead of waiting for two. Uh the fry pod must agree on who to trade for, Donovan Mitchell or Zion. If there's no consensus He'll bring Perk out of retirement to start 82 games. Donovan Mitchell. He said, assuming that SGA is in the trade. Yeah, it's easy. Donovan Mitchell. Zion's got me terrified. That one's too too easy at this point. Like Donovan's really, really good. And if you had Donovan Mitchell on this team, like, it's like, well, what do you do with the three guys? You play them, you know, and you, you know, maybe, I don't know if you sit Giddy or Dort to start the game, but like, who cares? Like, that's a great player. Like you just figure it out. And this team is malleable enough to where you could figure it out. Yep. Um, and maybe Giddy gets big enough at some point. That's, that'll be the really interesting thing is like in five years, like, well, Giddy guards force. <laughs> I mean, he's know? big enough. I mean, he's already got a pretty good NBA body. Yeah. He <clears> does. <throat> so, yeah, I don't, I, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, I don't know who would be a comparable Trey young, um, you know, Trey Young, Donovan, Zion, or who else is kind of in that young range that, that Ja, ja Morant, which Ja doesn't make ja. a ton of sense on the Thunder. Ja's so good, though, man. He's been insane. He's, he's I read so, some so stat good. that he scored. I don't know the exact number, but the points in the paint that he scored over this first opening five games or whatever, no other player since like Shaq and some other big has scored this many points in the paint to start a season or something like that. Wow. Or maybe it's Giannis and Shaq or something. <laughs> yeah, Tatum. Yeah, Grape Ape said Tatum. Jason Tatum, yeah, Donovan Jason Tatum. Mitchell's on. Yeah, I would take Tatum probably. Oh, gosh. I, dude, I've watched very little Boston. 
But yeah. would I take Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum? Uh, I mean, Jalen's been had a really, really nice start. <laughs> He's had a really nice start. I mean, I just watched mainly that Knicks game and then bits and pieces of other stuff, but Jalen's been insane. I like Jalen a lot. It's a toss-up to me. I'd probably still take Tatum just because he's kind of shown to be that guy. But Jalen Brown's freaking good, man. Um, Ethan Nickelfor says, where would Giddy go in a way too early 2021 redraft? I think he would go sixth. So you've got Cade. You've got Evan Mobley. Scotty. Scotty. Jalen. Maybe jump Suggs. Maybe. But that's too early. It's too early. I still say sixth. I still think Suggs did enough in college that you wouldn't second guess it yet. Well, and I think the good thing about that is is it felt for some people it felt like an overreach, even though there's a lot of reports now that the Warriors were gonna take Giddy. His six felt early. And I think mm-hmm. what we've seen at least in the first five games is that he's justified that that position in the draft. Yep. Yep, definitely. Um all right. Let's see. All right, Jay. Are you miffed and are you peeved? Miff, 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 miffed and peeved. You know, I don't really. Oh, oh, sorry. I don't really know. I don't really know what I could be miffed about with such a tremendous win for this team. Um, It's great. uh, You know, it's I don't want to do this, um, Mm -hmm. but it's so freaking windy outside, Andrew. It's so windy, dude. It is so, so windy. (laughs) I've been trying to get these projects done on the outside of my house. I was underneath fixing a table this morning here. It's just great. The wind is so crazy. I don't like it. Yeah, but no, man, things are good. Life is good. Uh, took my wife's my Tahoe through the car wash the other day, just trying to do something nice. You know, I try to I just try to be a nice person. It rips off the back like emblem thing off the back. I go through this brand, this brand new car wash right over here. It just rips the thing off and I get home and it's dangling off the back of the truck uh, super miffed about it. They don't want to. They say that they're not liable for it. I say otherwise. You, it, it violently ripped the thing off my <laughs> wife's vehicle. What do you mean you're not liable for it? So I'm. So in the I do have a, a story. A miff- with a car wash. I have a miffed and peef story about that as well. Uh, so it wasn't a car wash. But we're driving. We were heading to Florida. Actually, we're heading to Memphis. So then we would go to Florida with our family. And so we're driving, and there's this construction car it's like a garage door construction company car in front of me and on the back of it it had something that was kind of dangling and it was dragging the ground but i thought it was just it wasn't going anywhere so i didn't think anything about it i thought it was just like "Eh, it's gonna be okay so i was behind it there's a semi truck on my side and so i'm kind of behind it i can't really get out of the way it's a piece of trim that's probably seven feet long And it slips out of the back, lands on the ground, and it, it such a way that I can't drive over it. So it's it's about seven feet and probably about three <sighs> inches wide. I hit it with my car, and it whips this piece of wood up and smashes and like just basically slaps my wife's car's hood. And so there's <laughs> like a dent in the side of it. And so the good thing is, is we pulled up next, and we're like, hey, and we called the guy, and he's like, just go get a quote and then, you know, let me know and we'll take care of it. But then we went and got the yeah. quote and it's like it did damage to the bumper. It did damage oh, to yeah. the front end. It's never one it's thing. Like, it's we're going to send that to the parts. insurance. So 
Yeah. It's insane. Cars, man. Uh, cars. That is so annoying. Mm. We yeah, just sounded really old. Cars. We talked about the weather and cars. So That's all this we is need to do. this is your Thursday dad pod. <laughs> Thursday dad pod, everybody. Everybody get out your wide leg jeans and your uh, new balances and, and enjoy the weekend. You know, get one last mow in before you know, before Halloween if you can. You know, I'm gonna mow on Saturday, man. There you go. Got to listen to the slam and jam while mowing the yard. That's right. Flip the flapjacks, flapjacks. Mow your yard. That's right. <laughs> All right. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, thankful that you guys listen to our show. This is really fun to do. Uh, enjoy more Thunder basketball. Uh, be sure to join us on November 15th. If you ha- don't have tickets for that yet, you can go get those. Uh, you can go click the link. on It's on our Twitter profile. And join us. Tickets are still available to attend the game. The limited spots for the live pod before the game are still sold out, but you can still show up. So have a great day. Talk to you guys again on Monday.